Welcome to an 8 o'clock class about Rage Against the Machine, Reba McIntyre, and Jesus. Things that you probably didn't expect to see this morning at Harbor, but thank you for coming. Uh, what we're going to do is we're actually going to start off with a prayer. Uh, this sign-up sheet is going around, so make sure that you sign that. And uh, then we're going to do a spiritual practice together, if that's okay with you. So let's, let's, let's start with prayer. Holy God, you are almighty. We thank you for loving us and giving us this day. Father, we pray that you open our hearts to what breaks yours. Help us to be transformed into the image of Christ more and more every day. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. All right, so this is our practice. Come on in. We haven't even, we're just now getting started. So what we're going to do for our practice, this is, our, this is one of our key passages I wanted to look at today. Uh, but what we're going to do is we are going to say this together. And we're going to say it like this. Wash yourselves. And we're going to stop. And then we're going to say, wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Then we're going to say, wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your doings. Then we're going to say, wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. You kind of see how the pattern goes? So I don't have to do it all the way through? Okay. And then when we get all the way through, we're going to repeat it one more time. And so I want you to be listening to the words. I want you to say the words. I want you to focus on the words and focus on this is the word of God and how is it speaking to you today. So let's do this together. Wash yourselves. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean. Remove the evil of your doings. Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil, learn to do good. Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice. Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, rescue the oppressed. Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, rescue the oppressed. Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, rescue the oppressed, defend the orphan. Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, Rescue the oppressed, defend the orphan, plead for the widow. Wash yourselves, make yourselves clean, remove the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil, learn to do good, seek justice, rescue the oppressed, defend the orphan, plead for the widow. What I want you to do now is I want you to take a minute and just sit in silence as you have said these words over and over and over again and just let the Spirit of the Lord kind of help you zone in on, on one phrase, one word, one thought, and we'll do that for about one minute.
Isn't it interesting how long a minute in silence can feel? So I'd like to hear from you. What, what's, what's some words, what's some thoughts that just kind of speak to your heart? Not everybody all at once. It's okay. Marjorie, you said uh, that it's, we can stop doing evil, but it actually is a process. We don't even know what goodness is. Mm. Um, so we, it's not enough to stop, but it's to also to do good. That's very powerful. Anyone? Yeah. I, I just recently watched a movie called Romero. You may have seen it before. It's not a new movie. But I couldn't help but think of the scene where he pleads with the government and the army of El Salvador, stop the repression, cease to do evil. Cease to do evil, yeah. Romero, for sure. Anyone else? Go ahead. I've been personally supporting two orphans in Africa. And it is hard. Mm. It is hard. They're adults now. And I feel like I've trained them to fake. Defending the orphan, I, it, it is hard. Yeah, defending the orphan, that's how, how to know how to do good and not evil. How to, how to, to, to work within uh, broken systems and still create a positive good. Yeah, that's very real. So what I want us to do is, this is kind of our heart, because this is what we're leaning towards. We are, we are talking about Rage Against the Machine. We're talking about Reba McIntyre, which you may think, how in the world are those two connected, besides the fact they're musicians? But I'll tell you, we'll get there. Uh, and we're, 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 we're really seeing how that this world is broken, and how we're longing for justice, and that, that we need more voices to speak out against evil and to speak for good, right? Because if you look at Everywhere you turn, there's this sense of materialism and selfishness, and, and there's these just broken, broken people everywhere. We were driving up around the beach yesterday, and I was just looking at these multi-million dollar homes, and I said, you know, even in those multi-million dollar homes, there are broken hearted. There's people that, that are needing Jesus. They're, they're needing to know peace, the full shalom that God offers. And so that's kind of, I, I, this is kind of where we're going to be today. We're going we're gonna to look at the silent voices. Where are our prophets? We're going to look at those prophets that are unlikely, that are screaming for justice. And we're going to be able to, to kind of focus together on how to utilize culture to share the kingdom of God. Because that's what we do. We are people who are to declare the kingdom of God, to show the kingdom of God, and utilizing maybe these unlikely voices that are screaming to be heard in a way that will build the kingdom. That is our, that's our goal. But I want you to know who I am. Because it's not about me, but you need to know my background, okay? So this is a nice Church of Christ. This could be your Church of Christ. I googled images, and that's the one that it came up with. It looked a lot like the one I was raised in. It may, this might even be your church. I don't know. But I was raised in Tennessee in a rural congregation of the Church of Christ. My grandfather was a circuit-riding preacher. He went out to all the country, worked at a sawmill, and he, he proclaimed the gospel at at least three different churches on a Sunday. And my, my family would go along in tow, all 13 of my dad's brothers and sisters. My dad said he heard at least four sermons. I said, well, you went to three different places. He said, oh, he practiced on us. And so that's, that's kind of the heritage that I come from. The thing that I said I would never do would to be a preacher, right? Don't ever tell God what you will not do. 
because he has a sense of humor. And so I was raised in this, in this very musical culture because when our family got together, we sang hymns. On my mother's side, birthdays, holidays, we sang hymns. On my father's side, birthdays and holidays, we got together and sang hymns. We met for family reunions around the church, and every Sunday we sang hymns. You remember the little red books, sacred selections, maybe the blue books. I don't know what your book color was, depending on what generation you came from. But these were the songs of my life. But the problem was that I got to a certain age, and I started reading my Bible, passages like the one in Isaiah, talking about justice in the world. And, and when I looked around, I didn't see justice in the world. And, and I go to the hymnal, and I go to my church, and we didn't have the language or the liturgy to speak into justice. And so I felt distant. Maybe I've got this wrong. Maybe, maybe God isn't really concerned about the here and now, and maybe it is just about the hereafter. But when I prayed with Jesus, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven, I said, no, there's got to be something more. But I couldn't find the words. I, I, I read the Old Testament, and I, and I read the voice of the prophets, Amos, Isaiah, so many of them. And, and I, I just, I became disenchanted with my church liturgy and my church culture because there was no voice. And so I kind of distanced myself from church. Where was the language of overcoming injustice? Where was the conversation about Sunday being the most segregated time of the week? Where, where was this welcoming the outcast? What about overcoming greed? Very important themes as I read the prophets and I read the teachings of Jesus, as I read the Sermon on the Mount and the Sermon on the Plain. And yet my church family seemed to fall silent. And so I found some unlikely prophets. Let's see. I, I want to. I'll see. Let's 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 take a vote here. Can you identify who this person is? So Reba shut it up. Reba McIntyre. All right. So who's this one? All right. Who's next? That's the Clash. Joe Strummer, the Clash, right? All right. And then who's the far end? That's Rage Against the Machine. So what was interesting is I, I found in these artists, I found doctrinal truth. I found a cry of prophecy. I, I saw that they wanted to expose a distorted view of society, realty, sustained by the try that again, ideology that breeds unrealistic notions of entitlement, privilege, and superiority. That's Brueggemann. If you don't know Brueggemann, I encourage you to learn Brueggemann, read Brueggemann. He will challenge you. But these are not things that I was hearing in church. These are things I was hearing on the radio. How is the church supposed to expose 
the distorted view of societal entity, reality. That's what the church was supposed to be. It's supposed to, to rage against the, the, the broken systems of the world and to provide an alternative, which we call the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God. And yet I had more in favor with Bob Dylan and Rage Against the Machine than I did with P.P. Bliss. That's an old Church of Christ joke, if you understand that. Brueggemann also says that the task of prophetic imagination and ministry is to bring public expression to those very hopes and yearnings that have been denied so long and suppressed so deeply that we even no longer know that we're there. Why did my church not have a voice? Why did they not know the words and they have the liturgy? It's because they didn't even know that they didn't have the words. They had the heart cry. They wanted to do good. Please understand me. I'm not speaking against my tradition. I'm not speaking against the, the, the family that birthed me to love Jesus. We just didn't have the words to address what the prophets talked about. So let's, let's, let's do a quiz on these. Let's see who you know these people are, right? Some different audiences. We'll start over here, far left. Anybody? Any takers? Anybody recognize the name Kendrick Lamar? That's who that is. Anybody want to guess the next one? Childish Gambino, also known as? Glover. Donald Glover. All right. Good job. All right. How about here, right here in the middle? Oh, come on. You gotta, y'all gotta know this stuff. This is, this isn't. Well, it is current, but it's. She's been around for a while. The Miseducation of Lauren Hill. She has a really great unplugged album that is fire, scripture fire. Come on. What? NWA. Thank you very much. I was I was just concerned. Surely somebody. Okay. Well, that's some good. If it's good eyesight, if you can see their heights there. Talk about some prophetic voices railing against the established system that brings oppression and injustice. They have a job because the church is failing at ours. So let's go back to Amos. Let's go back to Amos. These are the scriptures that I were reading and that I was wrestling with. Hear this word, you cows of Bashan. Now, this is how I pronounce it from southern Appalachia, so you might pronounce it more properly. But look at his indictment. You cows. Even from where I'm from, you call somebody a cow, that's not a flattery statement, right? It's this, this image of materialistic greed. It's this image. Look, it says who oppress the poor and crush the needy, who say to their husbands, bring me something to drink. Husbands, if you ever want to get in trouble, when your wife asks you for a drink, you just call her a calibation and see how your marriage goes. <laughs> but here you see this sense of entitlement, consumption, at the expense of who? The oppressed, the poor, the needy. Not passive, active oppression. And see, 
it's easy in our, our little world to say this doesn't apply to me, but the fact is, folks, we live in the richest society that's ever existed. And that our consumerism is, is driven to create systems of oppression and injustice. And the problem with that is not that we get diabetes, oh, that's me because I eat a lot of sugar, overconsumption. The problem is, isn't the fact that we get lazy. Our, our problem is that this is abhorrent to God. Because our materialism, our addiction to consumption comes at the cost of those made in the image of God. And so God says, you know, I have a problem with this. And when scripture says God has a problem with something, we need to pay attention, right? God speaks more about this than whether we use one cup or two cups. He speaks more about this than he does flatbread versus yeast bread. He speaks more about this than, dare I say, acapella versus instrumental music. What he speaks is we are to be people of justice, bringing shalom into the world. And when we don't, we take a side against God. The Lord has sworn by his holiness, the time is surely coming when they shall take you away with hooks, even the last of you with fish hooks. Now, I, I think that's probably one of the most graphic images of slavery is being hooked. Now, I, I've done a lot of fishing and I've had to remove hooks from fish. I can only imagine what it is to remove a hook from a person. As they were taken away in slavery with hooks and chains. It's a very vivid image to show how bad oppression can be. And he says, because you oppress, you will become oppressed. I want you to remember the cows of Bashan. And just the next chapter over, Amos rails against his machine. This is verses 11 through 15 around there somewhere. Therefore, because you trample on the poor and you take from them levies of grain, you have built houses of hewn stone, but you shall not live in them. So notice what he's doing. He's literally, they're talking about how Israel was literally taking food out of the mouths of those who were oppressed. And, and they were using that subsidy to, to build great houses. The, the real estate market was booming because of the injustice in the system You've planted vineyards, but none shall drink your wine. He says, you have, you've got life set up easy. But because of your hearts, because of your active oppression of people, not seeing them in the image of God. For I know how many are your transgressions and how great are your sins. You who flick the righteous, you take a bribe and push aside the needy at the gate. Therefore, the prudent should keep silence in such a time for it is evil. Notice this word, seek good and not evil. It's not enough just to not do bad. 
that you may live, and the Lord, the God of hosts, will be with you just as you have said, hate evil, love good, and establish justice at the gate. Notice that it's, this is emotion. This is behavior. It's not good enough just to, to love justice and hate evil. You have to put it into practice by establishing justice. We say, I believe something. We think that's mental assent, but even the English language condemns us because believe comes from by life, how we live our life. So as I'm going through this journey, looking at the brokenness in, in, in our society and the brokenness in our churches, I became so angry because I saw the things that broke the heart of God not breaking the hearts of people that it should. And I got mad. And I got sad. And a lot of diverse emotions that don't rhyme with mad or sad. And I found this band called Rage Against the Machine. For those of you who may not know, they are not a Christian band. If anything, they say they're atheists. But you know what I've learned about God? God can speak through anybody. If he can speak through a donkey, then he can speak through me. If he can come through rocks and fires and earthquakes and storms, he can speak through prophets. He can speak through ancient kings who knew not him. He can speak through a rock band who refused to acknowledge his existence. And I, I want you to know what the, the title of the song is. Bulls on Parade. Seems like we've had a cow image once before, right? Cows of Bashan, bulls on parade. In, in Amos, they were materialistic and greedy cows. And, oh, look, the bulls on parade, referring to the, the stock market bulls. Look at their lyrics. Weapons, not food, not homes, not shoes, not need. Just feed the war cannibal animal. What we see here is a prophetic declaration against the militaristic empire. Oppression, conquest, consumption at the hands of those who need food and homes and shoes. I walk the corner to that rubble that used to be a library. Line up the mine cemetery now. We don't know that keeps contracts alive and moving. They don't they got to don't burn the books. They just remove them. So what you see here is this image of uh, education taken away from people that would give them growth. They don't have to have a book burning, this image of Nazi Germany. They don't have to have that. It's even more subtle. They just remove the education away from the children. They take away the future. And what they are laying up in store, it says, while arms... Warehouses fill as quick as cells. Rally around the family, pocket full of shells. This is a declaration against the political movement that is building the military infrastructure, yet taking away education 
taking away the needs of the oppressed. And while we gather together as family, and we, we do so in the name of family values, in actuality, we are destroying families with a pocket full of shells, bulls on parade. Do you see the images how this non-Jesus band rages against the, the machine of their day, and it sounds an awful lot like Amos. Now do you see why I call these people unlikely prophets? You will not hear them on any CCM radio station, okay? Be aware, they have foul language. But you know what? So do the prophets. If you've read your Old Testament, there's some explicitly vulgar stuff that happens. Just read Ezekiel. You want some images. Things that would not play on our radio stations today. But sometimes we need that awakening. Sometimes we need that shock value to say, this is really what the problem is. It's not our first world problems that's the problem. These problems are the problem. I remember the day that I learned that Isaiah went preaching naked. I thought that was the funniest thing I'd ever heard in the Bible. That's shocking. That's offensive. And I, I can imagine the conversation that him and God had over this decision. The word of the Lord comes to Isaiah, and Isaiah says, You want me to do what now? Are you crazy? He says, This is the length that you have to go to to wake up my people. You have to shock them to wake them up, because that's the job of the prophetic, is to awake the sleeping. And I'm afraid we've been sleeping for far too long. Well, Joe, that's okay. That's the Old Testament. But now the new has come. We don't have to worry about all that prophetic stuff because we have Jesus. Right? Thank the Lord we have Jesus. But we still need justice. So let's look at Jesus. He's not even born. The Magnificent of Mary. Beautiful. We need to preach this in our churches we need to, to, to write it on the, the hearts of our children. Before Jesus is born, Mary prays and sings. From generation to generation, he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the powerful from their thrones and lifted up the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away empty. This is totally counter-cultural to what we see today. What a beautiful declaration of justice in the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus hasn't even been born yet. This government will rest on his shoulders. Let's, let's, let's fast forward a few years till you have Jesus' first sermon. 
as he's doing this public declaration, reading scripture. And lo and behold, it's from the prophets. Go figure. The spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Okay, I'm going to stop right there. If what we declare as the gospel in our churches is not good news to the poor, then it ain't Jesus. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives. If what we are doing as a church is not proclaiming release to the captives, then we're not a Jesus church. Recovery of sight to the blind. If we're not allowing people to wake up and see that God is good, then we are, we're not fulfilling our purpose as being a Jesus church. If we're not letting the oppressed go free, creating ways to bring freedom into this world, then we are failing as a church. And if we're not proclaiming the year of God's favor, if we're not living a life of jubilee, then we have failed as God's church then the church that we attend cannot be called a church of Jesus because this is who Jesus is. This is what Jesus declared. This is what Jesus lived out. This is what Jesus commends us to go and declare freedom. You knew I was going to get here, right? You knew I was going to go to Jesus turning over tables. This is raging against the machine. This is not being willing to settle for anything coming between God and his children. Right here we see Jesus in Mark eleven fifteen through 18. On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple courts and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. Notice the wording, the consumer-driven wording, merchandise. These are not sacrifices. This is merchandise. You know, like when you're going to a store and you go to the bathroom and it says, no merchandise beyond this point, right? These are commodities. The animals, the sacrifices, the people have become commodities. As he taught them, he said, it, is it not written? My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. Let that one sink in. There are no outcasts in the house of God. There are no outsiders. Their economic system was creating outsiders and insiders, and the outsiders were being oppressed and kicked out of the house of God. Do we have those in our churches that we've created outsiders? But you have made it a den of robbers. It's not enough to hate evil. We have to do good. We have to take action against systemic and individual problems that plague our church with pride, consumerism, militarism, idolatry in its, all of its forms. This is 
the kingdom of Jesus. This is Jesus declaring justice for all. You see, Jesus lived in a system that was full of injustice and oppression. He was a, a dark-skinned man living in an occupied territory. And oppression and injustice was so familiar to the people there that in one of his parables, he tells this story. It was not a surprise. It was not it was like, oh, Jesus. There you mean there's a judge who, who doesn't do justly? I, I, I can hear when Jesus tells this tale that there's a snicker in the crowd because they know. He said in a certain city, there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. And they're thinking, well, that's about right. That sounds like a courtroom. But in that city, there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, grant me justice against my opponent. Who is going to be the opponent of a widow? Think about that. Think about that. Think about the Old Testament as it leads up to, to care for, for those on the margins. And yet in Jesus' day, in his system, they're still having issues. But the judge refused to give justice. But I love how Jesus tells this story that for this persistent widow comes every day, says demanding justice, demanding justice, demanding justice, demanding justice. And what happens to this godless judge? He's worn out. Do you ever have those friends who just wear you out by their constant nagging? You know, they like light up your phone 37 times when you don't text back immediately. You know, you have those people in your life that we call extra grace required. You know those people? They annoy you. Stop looking at me like I'm that person, okay? But Jesus says this woman was so determined to, to uphold justice because she had no other choice that even this wicked judge was able to give justice. Is there a lesson in that for us as the people of God? What if we petitioned God about the nature of this world like this widow did? What if we took active steps in correcting the injustices in our lives? Imagine if all of our churches spoke against oppression and consumption and injustice daily. What a world that would be. And even godless judges would recognize our alternative way of living and recognize that there is shalom available to us in this world. But it will take persistence. Here's how Rage Against the Machine and Reba McIntyre blend. I, I'm going to tell you a story before I get there. So I was talking to my Wednesday night Bible class, and I was telling them kind of what our subject was. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, I didn't expect anybody in that Bible class to know who Rage Against the Machine were. Okay, I'm just going to be honest. And I was surprised because there was a, a, an older audience in that class. And so I was like, yeah, we're going to talk about Rage Against, Rage Against the Machine and, and Jesus. And this old lady 
great sweet grandma makes the best biscuits and cakes she's like oh yeah i went i saw tom morello I, he was playing with bruce springsteen yeah, you like rage i like rage i was like grandmama may your tribe increase i love you so i'm learning not to judge people because she proved me wrong but I did expect her to know Reba McIntyre. This was not Reba's song, but she sang it and she sang it well. And, and perhaps you've heard the song, The Night the Lights Went Out in Georgia. If you haven't, raise your hand. I'm just curious. My kids probably don't. Okay. All right, cool. So basically what you have this, this story is this story of injustice. And here's, here's some lyrics. It says, so basically her brother... Um, his wife's cheating on him, and basically um, somebody killed his wife and his wife's lover, and so he, her brother is framed for murder he did not commit. And so here's the lyric. It says, the judge said guilty on a make-believe trial, slapped the sheriff on the back with a smile, said supper's waiting at home and I got to get to it. That's the night that the lights went out in Georgia. That's the night when they hung an innocent man. Well, don't trust your soul to no backwoods southern lawyer. I can say that because I'm Southern. Because the judge in the town's got bloodstains on his hands. Unjust judge? Sound familiar much? Broken system of injustice? Innocent man slain for a crime he did not commit? Sounds a little bit like Jesus, if you ask me. Have you ever thought about that before? Here's some lyrics from Rage about the same sort of injustice within the system. Those that died are justified for wearing the badge, for they're the chosen whites. You justify those that died by wearing a badge. They're the chosen whites. This is not a new song. It's been around for quite a while. And yet it is just as relevant today. Some that hold office are the same that burn crosses. Some of those up in Congress are the same that burn crosses. Systemic injustice. You see the theme from the prophets to Reba McIntyre to Jesus to Rage Against the Machine. Here's some more lyrics. If we had time, we would go through and kind of pick these apart some more. Just listen to these words. The world is my expense, the cost of my desire. Jesus blessed me with his future, and I protect it with fire. So raise your fist and march around. Don't you dare take what you need. I'll jail and bury those committed and smother the rest in greed. Consumerism. Blasphemy not loving your neighbor, systemic injustice and greed. But do we have those problems today? Surely not. Not in our country, not in our state, not in our churches, not in our hearts. This is one of Jesus' final rants against injustice and he is 
targeting church people. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, you hypocrites! For you build the tombs of the prophets and decorate the graves of the righteous. What would happen come Sunday morning, it's Mother's Day, and I don't preach on mothers. What if I preach on Matthew 23? What if I get up to the crowds and say, Woe to you, Pharisees, you hypocrites, those who kill the prophets. Will I have a job come lunchtime? You snakes, you brood of vipers. I don't recommend you using that term when you're using an elders elders meeting. Can you escape being sentenced to hell? Therefore, I sent you prophets and sages and scribes. The voice of the Lord goes out. Remember, the word of the Lord will not return to him void. The word of the Lord is coming and speaking now through the voices of people we don't expect. What will happen to us? if we don't acknowledge the word of the Lord. It ain't pretty. So, I said all that to say this. In conclusion, for the fifth time, the cross of Jesus was an instrument of militaristic Annihilation. And yet, I go to a jewelry store and I see golden crosses everywhere. I have crosses that I wear. How would it look if I come in here, if I could have found one, I would have. If, if I came in here or show up on Sunday with, with a, a little wooden chair around my neck, like the electric chair. You would think I was crazy. What are you doing wearing an electric chair around your neck? Don't you know that's an instrument of death? Yet God has taken the cross of Christ, the the lowest point in human history, the death of an innocent man, injustice actualized, incarnated, and it has made it a symbol of hope and life. We like to use the word secular, and and I don't use that word very much anymore because all that God creates is good. It's up to the enemy to twist it. If God can take the symbol of imperialism and, and make it a sign of redemption, can he not take modern music, modern film, modern literature, and redeem it by the Spirit of God and only by His grace to speak justice for the church and to build bridges to those who need shalom the most. So what do we do? This is your action step. This is your homework. Number one, listen for God because He's going to show up in the most unlikely places. That's kind of what he does. Where did, where did Jesus become incarnate? Among the poor, among the dirty animals, you know, they appeared to by shepherds. 
God likes to show up in unlikely places, speaking out of donkeys and still gentle whispers. Church, we need to wake up. Heed the words of truth wherever they may be found from the Bible to Bill Street. Bill Street, for those of you who don't know, is in Memphis. It's the, it's the capital of the blues. Well, Miss, Memphis blues. I don't want to get into argument about Delta blues. But anyway, God will speak where God speaks. Truth is truth. Thy word is truth. Finally, you secular artist to build gateways into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus told stories. The artists that we've looked at tell stories. And they declare what the kingdom of heaven looks like. That's what Jesus did. These artists do it, some knowingly and some unknowingly. Now, here's what I'm not saying. I'm not saying you have to rush out and buy the first Rage Against the Machine album that you can find. If you want to Google it, that's fine. But I want you to be prepared. It's shocking. A lot of the artists that we've, we've talked about is shocking. But sometimes a good shock is what we need. So, if you want to see my music playlist that I listened to while developing this, you can scan that and uh, you can get a list of the songs. Uh, I did try to get a Spotify playlist going, but I couldn't get the link to share. Uh, but you'll have all the lists that are on there. Bob Dylan, uh, Rage Against the Machine, uh, Kendrick Lamar. There's a whole big bunch of stuff. I try to include a lot of different genres. And you'll also see some of the references that I quoted, like uh, Prophetic Imagination by Brueggemann. And there's a lot of works that deal with secular and sacred music, how they work together. So please check them out. They say it a lot better than I do. I only had 45 minutes. They had a whole lot more time. So go dig deeper.